0: Hey there, thanks for dropping in to listen to The Friday Reporter. I'm Lisa, your host, and for the last 25 years, I've worked in public affairs. And for those who don't know, that's where we take the hard questions for our clients from reporters. So to switch things up, I thought it'd be fun to flip things around. Remember that movie Freaky Friday, where the characters traded places? You got it, that's the concept. So this time, we're going to ask reporters the questions, and we're going to have a little fun with it while we're at it. Our first nominee, first one nominated by another guest to join us. We're lucky today to have Joey Bunch from Colorado Politics. He is reporting every day about fun things that are happening outside the Beltway in Colorado and uh, is joining us today to tell us a little bit more about what it's like out there outside of the Beltway and what it's like to be uh, reporting the news today in a space that is exciting and uh, evolving and changing. So, Joey Bunch, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Well, great. It's great to be here, Lisa. Thank you for having me.
0: Joey, I always like to start out with my guests asking a little bit about how it is they came to be a journalist. What's the path? How did you get here? Tell me a little bit more about how it is you came to be a reporter for Colorado Politics.
1: Well, this is really all I've ever done. I've done farm work in the South and I've done newspaper work. And, yeah, you know, they're really kind of the same thing because the first reporter I ever knew was my grandfather. And we didn't have a newspaper. What we had was a 400 acre tomato farm. And my granddad would sell tomatoes, and he would hear a story, and then he would retell that story all day, making it better and better, you know, answering people's questions, bumping up the interesting facts, getting rid of what confused people. And all day long, we would have these different stops on our route selling tomatoes. And then when he would get home, he would tell the story to my grandmother, who would pick it apart, interrupt him, and just frustrate him. So my grandmother was the first editor I ever knew. (laughs)
0: Where was that? Where was the tomato farm, Joey?
1: It was in Alabama. as As your your listeners can tell, I'm not from Colorado originally. I've been here 20 years, though, and by Colorado standards, that makes me a native. Because <laughs> it's pretty
0: transient there, too. So how'd you oh, get yeah. there? How'd you get to How'd you get to Colorado?
1: Well, I've been all over. You know, I've been at CNN. I've worked at newspapers all over the South, and I've been covering politics and civil rights. And then when I wound up in Mississippi covering civil rights, oh, man, that's like the Peace Corps. And I did that for a year and a half, and I was ready to get away from the South. Because, you know, when you're too close to something, you can't see it. you got to take a step back. And, you know, I've been out in Colorado for 20 years, and, man, you know, I hate to even say this, but Colorado is such a wonderful place to live. You know, we have a thing called NIWOT's Curse. And Chief NIWOT, he was the Arapaho Indian chief. And he said that once people see the beauty of the Boulder Valley, they'll never be happy anywhere else. And so out here, we talk about 9 once curse. Once you get it, you can't shake it.
0: I know the draw that is Colorado because it is just a beautiful place. And I think that, uh, you know, just having been out there myself on vacation, I know that's got to be just so um, wonderful to be there and be reporting Tell me a little bit, though, how has reporting changed over the course of your career? And, and really, even more specifically, how has it changed over the course of the last year? Last 12 months have been uh, really sort of difficult and different for everybody as it relates to the quarantine and the pandemic.
1: Well, you know, March 13th last year, I had a heart attack a couple of years ago. I died for 15 minutes, the whole whole big deal they had to bring me back with the defibrillator. So, I, you know, comorbidity is my middle name. <laughs> so March 13th last year, till today, I, I've been working here at home. You know, my coworkers are my two cats. And, you know, it, it really requires you to, you know, have good sources. More than ever, you've got to have people who will call you back. And, you know, so there's no more of this. Hiding outside their house and waiting for them to come out. You got to get them on the phone these days. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you you have to be a reporter with sources. And luckily, I am. You know, I write two columns a week. You know, I, I, Colorado Politics is the trade journal of politics for Colorado. And being in D.C., you know, you know it's an avalanche. You just got to grab what you can on the way down. And you know, if I didn't have the sources I do, if I hadn't been here twenty years, if I didn't have people who trust me. You know, my thing is I'm always off the record till I can talk you into going on the record. And therefore, a lot of people like to call and tell me gossip. I I joke sometimes that I am the political therapist. People call and talk to me because they, they got something they need to get off their chest. And, you know, I, I honor, it. you know, if, if we're off the record, we're off the record. And that's how you build trust with
0: people. And I'm glad that you brought that up, because I really think that it's a fundamental foundation of the relationship between the media and and their sources. And I think that that's really a great point that you bring up.
1: Well, I've been a reporter for you know, like I say, since I've been 18 years old, and it's all I know is being a reporter. And, you know, your credibility is everything. You know, a lot of people get into this, and we're in this say-anything culture right now. You know, I think these Dominion lawsuits out of Denver are um, are going to be a game changer. You know, we've been on the wild side for a long time now, and it's time for the media to be accountable. And, you know, I've always been sensitive to that. You know, if I have a mistake in a story, I'm going to run that correction. Because a correction doesn't hurt your credibility. All of us make mistakes. But not running a correction, trying to argue somebody out of a correction – that destroys your credibility. And it's on, and that's true on both sides of the uh, of the equation. you know, the receiver of the information and the provider of the information. And you know the one piece of advice I would give anybody in PR is never lie because once you lie, I'm done with you. I don't want to hear from you again. Once I feel like you manipulated me, that the, that the ends justified the means, I'm done with you. I'll never take your phone call again.
0: Right, it's hard to get that hard to get that respect back and that trust back, and that is that. That's the I think one of the most important pillars of the relationship between the media and and the public affairs, public relations world. What though?
1: Yeah, you gotta ask yourself: Is this one story worth ruining this relationship? I'm going to need this person down the road for a bigger story. I think I'm going to save it. Right. Absolutely.
0: Joey, because you write a column in Colorado, because you cover both sides of the aisle, because Colorado is such an exciting place for candidates who have been uh, in the media as of late for making some remarkable and outrageous uh, uh, statements and comments as it relates to the national narrative. Help me understand for you, as you're putting together ideas for your column, what it is that's working. when it is when it comes to a pitch for a PR person to give you a call and recommend something that they think you ought to write about, what's what's working for you?
1: Stories that really affect people's lives, not just their clients. You know, tell me how this affects anybody other than who's signing their paychecks. You know, that's where I would start from. And then tell them how, how to do the story. You know, who, who can tell them what? And who are the storytellers? You know, people call up with story ideas, but they don't, you know, who do I know that knows anything about that? And they know everybody who knows everything about that. So I wouldn't call somebody up with a story idea. You know, I would call them up with a problem that has a solution, not, you know, just some random idea that they've got to figure out because we're all just too busy, you know. I may not use your story idea exactly the way you pitched it. I may not use the sources you suggest to me. But you've got a lot better chance of getting this off the ground if you give me a starting place.
0: You know, I hear that from a lot of your colleagues uh, that that you have to really have a way to cut through uh, not just with an idea, but with some actual uh, people, some real people that that care about and want to see uh, an issue fixed or something else resolved. Uh, You have to be able to identify some real people who can really talk about it in a way that your audience can really connect.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. Let me tell you about a story I'm working on right now that hasn't run yet. I hope your listeners will check it out. We are on the cusp of making a major breakthrough in bone cancer in children thanks to dogs. Dogs at the Flint Animal Cancer Clinic at the University of Colorado, they found that bone cancer in children is a lot like bone cancer in dogs. 85% comparability. So, you know, they, and they found that, uh, that this approved medication, um, you know, 10 times the dosage of this approved blood pressure medication can shrink tumors and in some cases make them disappear from people's lungs. Wow. That's very exciting. That That's a sure great is. story. Yeah. Now tell me how to tell that story. And you know, as a reporter, I'm, I'm a touchy-feely people person. I need storytellers, and you know, good sources lead you to better sources. And I want to talk to the people that are good storytellers. So I was kicking this story around last week, talking to cancer doctors. Man, if you and I like the dumbest human being, they they're going to talk to all week. <laughs> and you know, I'm just honest about it. I asked a lot of uh, of how come questions and and say golly a lot, but you know eventually you'll get to that person who tells the story. And on Friday, I got to that person after I started on Monday, wow. and the person was the owner of that dog. And now I'm going to tell the story with the dog rather than with test tubes and, and guys with more PhDs than I can spell.
0: Sure, sure. And that, I think, is the – I mean, that those are the stories that, that, that your listeners, your readers, and, and, and really – your audience wants to, wants to hear and they want to see it because they want to know how it touches their lives. I mean, you think about that in a way that, I mean, that's so hopeful too, by the way. I mean, having those hopeful stories, we got plenty of doom and gloom going around, but boy, to hear a story like that is just, that's so needed right now.
1: Uh, You're absolutely right. You know, we live in a sad, cynical nation. Any, any string of optimism I can throw out there, I'm going to throw it every time. And if any of your, uh, if if you or any of your partners have an optimistic story about Denver or Colorado politics, call me up, joey.bunch at coloradopolitics.com.
0: Well, every time I have a good story about Denver, I promise you will be the first guy I call. But so tell me, because, uh, you know, I'm a skier by marriage. My husband taught me how to ski when I was 28 years old. And uh, that was not fun. I really do wish I, I learned when my kids did at like three and four and five. But uh, Joey, tell me, because, because it's the Friday Reporter, because I like to talk to people about stuff other than reporting and media and all those other things. Tell me, you know, what do you do on the weekends out there?
1: Well, you know, I'm kind of trapped right now. I'm getting my, my first shot, first vaccination on Wednesday, and my life's going to change. But you know, you're right about skiing, though. You know, I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm from the South. I, did, I wasn't born on a pair of skis, but I've lived in Colorado for 20 years, and I got some sad news for you. If you don't learn how to ski as a child, you'll never be as good as you can be at it because, you know, skiing is like falling in love. You got to do it when you're young because you won't think as much about how much it's going to hurt when you fall. You get too old, you're always thinking about the heartbreak.
0: Yep. well, it's a great it's a great part of the country and we will get out there this uh, spring. My my family and I will get out there to Breckenridge for a quick uh, quick quick jaunt with two masks on and all the hand sanitizer we can bring, but we're getting we're getting out of DC for, for a minute just to just to shake our legs and see another part of the world. Okay, so final question. Tell me, Joey, who is it that you would recommend as a future guest for the podcast?
1: Oh that's easy. My hero, Greg Moore. Greg Moore, I was the first reporter he hired from the Denver Post and Greg's Mr. Pulitzer. You know, the Denver Post used to win a Pulitzer every year, and it was because of Greg Moore. And your listeners who saw the movie Spotlight, here's a nugget for you. Greg was the editor who made those stories happen, but they didn't show him in the movie. I don't know why that is, but Greg, uh, Greg's in the Denver Press Club Hall of Fame, and more than that, he's just a terrific guy, and we've got too few of those kind of people in the world.
0: Well, that's exactly the kind of guest that we're looking for here. We're looking to tell fun stories, talk to some smart folks who – have won some awards, maybe some folks that will eventually win some awards, and maybe some folks who just just like to, you know, talk about their, their news coverage. Joey Bunch, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciated this conversation. I'm looking forward to sharing it with everybody, and, uh, and I'll be in touch.
1: Well, I look forward to talking to you again.
0: And that's today's episode of The Friday Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.